Welcome to the First Time Moms Beyond 35 podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Prosper. This is a solo episode with me sharing about my C-section experience in honor of Cesarean Awareness Month. My pregnancy was considered high, high risk because I'm at the advanced maternal age, over 35, and I've had a previous abdominal surgery. Take a listen. Welcome to the First Time Moms Beyond 35 podcast. I am your host, Isabel Prosper. Welcome to a solo episode. It's just me, and I am going to be talking about Cesarean Awareness Month. I'm also going to share my cesarean story. Um, Did you know that there's actually an organization called International Cesarean Awareness Network? If you didn't, you're not alone, because I just learned about it. The organization's purpose is to improve maternal child health by reducing preventative cesareans through education, supporting cesarean recovery, and advocating for a vaginal birth after cesarean, uh, also called VBAC. This means that there's something for every childbearing person, not just those with a cesarean history. So the website that they have lists out why the need to have a cesarean awareness month, and uh, they list it out as follows. One, researchers estimate that almost half of the cesareans performed could be safely prevented. And two, if families don't know these options exist, they can't advocate for them. Three, cesareans can be more or less family-friendly depending on the practices and protocols at a facility and and provider support. Four, preventable cesareans may be responsible for up to 20,000 major surgical complications every year, including sepsis, hemorrhage, and organ injury. And five, often the future risks for birthing people and their future pregnancies and children are not even mentioned. So um, women need to understand why they're being considered for cesareans, also called C-section. Um, and in some instances, it is necessary. So of course, sometimes it's necessary. Uh, mine was necessary. These options include previous abdominal surgery, including a previous C-section, um, placenta in a dangerous location, um, a maternal or fetal condition that's unsafe and higher risk pregnancies. So today, let me talk to you about my C-section experience. It was planned. Everyone has heard of C-section and knows what it is, but has anyone ever talked to you about their experience? Um, the movies always show birthing as if it's super easy and joyful, a joyful experience, and almost as if the baby just comes out and everything's all honky-dory and there's never any mention, um, at least I haven't seen any mention of, of C-sections, um, and then postpartum even. Speaking of which, I will be having a future episode with a guest who's going to speak about her postpartum experience and what she didn't expect uh, to happen to her and how she's getting through it. Anyway, back to my story. Um, For my uh, C-section, I had enough of an idea of what to expect because um, based on what my doctor had shared with me and a few bits of information that I had read about, I wasn't too nervous about about it because of my previous abdominal surgery, which was successful. And that surgery was the same incision that was going to be used for my C-section. So I trusted my doctor. I felt comfortable. And um, I recovered pretty quickly from my abdominal surgery, so I was pretty confident that it would be quite the same um, after my C-section, um, and it was, actually. So let me give you a snapshot of my life uh, leading up to motherhood. 
Uh, well, before my motherhood journey began, I was dealing with fibroids. I actually have an episode where I share my fibroid story, and you can go back and listen to that if you missed it. Um, it's one of my first, I think it was my it was my first episode. Yes, it was my first episode in July 2020, so you can look for that in season one. Um, but I'll give you some information here. In 2017, I had an open abdominal surgery to remove these fibroids. And I had a lot. Um, Didn't know how many I had. When I was going in, I was told that there were about five uh, fibroids and that there could be more. Uh, The largest was the size of a a grapefruit. And then there were several small ones. Uh, In fact, there were 14 fibroids that were removed. Yes, I said 14. Um, The incision was done under my belly button, pretty much like exactly where an OB um, performs the cesarean. So after this procedure, I became a candidate for a planned cesarean. What this means is that I was actually not going to be considered for vaginal birth. Um, And maybe I would have been, but I, I mean, I remember giving a little bit of pushback, um, and then my my doctor pretty much informed me that there were there would be greater risks if I was not going to go that route. And so um, I read about it uh, and I understood it and accepted it and moved forward because you know there's obviously that question of how how did I feel when I was informed that I would not have a vaginal birth, and I felt like it was going to be pretty straightforward because I fully trusted him um, since he had you know, he had performed my fibroid surgery, Uh, I was definitely disappointed that I would not have that natural birth experience. I was sad about it. And I know several people that had, you know, the water birth experience, for example, and I always thought that that was pretty cool. I don't even know. I I, I doubt that I would actually be brave enough to do that route anyways, even if if I was a candidate for giving a, a water birth. Um, but I always thought it was pretty cool, like to deliver so naturally in your home or in a, a safe facility to do that. But I, I had to focus on the fact that I was growing a human in me. And that alone is an incredible God-given miracle. So I, yes, I, I let go. Um, there was nothing less feminine or woman or like motherly about me because I was not going to give a natural birth. Hey, I, I am fully a woman that grew a baby inside of me. And for that, I can always be proud and and grateful. Um, I was nervous about the injection for the regional anesthesia. That one, um, yeah, was pretty, pretty nervous, like even right up to the second of having it done. And, um, it's kind of like, at least for me anyways, going to the dentist, I always have this kind of fear of like, oh my gosh, is it going to hurt? What if the freezing doesn't, doesn't work and I feel everything? Like, I was just like super nervous. And then you hear about people talk, talking about the epidural and that it hurt. And um, yeah, so I was, I was nervous just pretty much about, about that. Um, to get into a little bit more how the cesarean experience was for me, it was great. Um, I know there are a lot of stories that are not so great because of it being an emergency C-section and, you know, a lot of um, emotional elements go into that uh, and fear and, and all this. But like for me, because it was planned 
and I had my baby in 2019 pre-COVID and my husband was in the delivery room with me. Um, you know, it, it, it was good. Uh, upon arrival at the hospital that morning, we had so much joy. And of course we were nervous at the same time. And I remember a ton of documents that I had to sign. And at that morning I had to like a ton of documents were given and given to me when I was going into the registration. Um, now I had been, I had registered several weeks prior to that, but, um, when you, when I arrived that day, it was like, you know, going to check in and then they gave all these documents and I was like, why weren't these given to me before today? You know, signing all those documents made me a little more nervous, but everything went really smoothly and was like, I have to sign these documents or this isn't, this isn't going to happen smoothly. It's just going to be like, um, not a good start to the day. So I had to let go of all that emotion of like, you know, those is basically the hospital's documents taking away liability from themselves if something happens. And like also saying that, you know, a blood transfusion might be necessary if things go sideways, like all these different things. And so anyway, um, just had to have that thought of trust, just trust, trust, just trust, you know? And of course, praying through that experience, I am a spiritual person. I believe in God and, you know, I just continue to trust that God is with me and everything is going to be great. Um, and so, yes, everything went smoothly. We were on time. The doctor was on time. We had conversations with several medical staff, including the anesthesiologist, um, and had a chance to talk to my doctor as well. And so, um, he let me know that uh, the, the anesthesiologist let me know that he would be there the whole time. And in fact, he was, uh, would you believe I remember his name? His name is Jason. Yeah, he was, he was cool. He snapped several pictures of us when the baby was put in our arms. Um, anyway, I will tell you that the anesthesia that was put in my spine was painful, but only for like, three seconds and I could feel the medication working itself into my body. I tried my hardest to only think positive, but I couldn't help but um, get that thought out of my mind. Like, what if, what if the, uh, I can feel the surgery because the numbing wears off too early or doesn't work? Um, I sometimes get that thought like, at the dentist I, I mentioned earlier. Uh, anyway, <laughs> oh, just the thought of it makes me so queasy. Um, thankfully everything went so smoothly and our baby was passed to us within like less than four minutes from when the doctor started his procedure. And, uh, we had a special song to play during the delivery, uh, to help create that ambiance for us. And it was just, it was lovely. Anyway, after receiving our baby and taking pictures, uh, with me laying down, of course, I, I couldn't move and I was still wide open. <laughs> um, my husband left with the nurses, uh, for going off with the baby. Um, this is after, of course, I had a chance to like hold my baby and everything. Um, but yeah, they left so that I could get stitched up. And, uh, after that, I just like, everything is foggy because, uh, the drugs had me dazed, um, but not confused. I was just dazed. Um, I remember waking up in the recovery room and just being like thinking, wow, like, like, did this just happen? Like, just amazing. Just total in awe. Anyway, um, you may be wondering how long it took for me to bounce back. Um, 
I was supposed to go home after one to two days in the hospital. Fortunately, everything was good. My baby was healthy and I was healthy. Um, and since my insurance covered me for four days, I was very comfortable and I chose to actually use all that time. My doctor was like, you can leave today. And this was like on day two. And um, he's like, the better, sooner you get your body moving around more and get into your own space, you're going to be, you know, you'll bounce back quicker and your body will like love you for that. And anyway, I just remember thinking that that's all good, but like, I'm actually really comfortable. I was like, I don't know, it's funny. I, I was actually enjoying myself being at the hospital and just like having so many people to attend to me before I go home and uh, don't have that level of support around. Um, you know, of course we had family, but it's just, it's different when you actually have like a medical team that is doing this every day, all day, and knows how to treat every single patient if something does go sideways. And then just like, yeah, I'm a new mom. Like I wanted to have every question and I had tons uh, answered on the spot. <laughs> anyway, um, so then what? Um, yeah, I was doing short walks uh, in the wing on day two, and I increased my laps as the days went on. I was able to hold my baby, breastfeed, and go to the bathroom. Um, by the way, I did start breastfeeding on day one, and um, my catheter was removed, I think. Um, I think it was removed on day one. Maybe it was day two. I can't remember. Um, when I left the hospital, I was able to do stairs, and I just made sure to not overdo my movements. And by four, by week four, week six, I was feeling myself again. I mean, I still had swollen feet, though, which lasted like two months. Um, but after that, I was I was great, and my incision healed beautifully. I was concerned about my um, incision, the scar, getting like turning into a keloid. And thankfully, it didn't. Um, and uh, what else? If you are thinking about having a cesarean, please do your research and consult with your medical advisors. Of course, I am not a medical expert. I'm just sharing my personal story. That's it. And, and I have no affiliation to the International Cesarean Awareness Network. Um, just grab their information to share with you all. According to the International Cesarean Awareness Network, many medical providers are not giving their patients the full details on the risks of having a C-section and fully exploring their options. You have to trust your doctor and also trust yourself. Don't be afraid to ask questions and don't do what your friends did. Do what's right for you and what's right for your baby after getting the support that you need. Um, that's all I have to share with you today. I hope that you enjoyed listening to my story. And if you have any questions, please feel free to message me and let me know. Um, and if this story touched you in any way, please leave a review and share this with someone else so that we can help inspire more people on this motherhood journey later in life. I hope this helps someone today. If you have any thoughts or comments, I want to hear from you. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, you can leave a review. I really appreciate you. And if this touched you in any way, please share this with a friend to help inspire another person on their motherhood journey. You can find me on IG at First Time Moms Beyond 35. And again, thank you for being here. First Time Moms Beyond 35, we got this.